morning, everyone. I'm Ali, a compulsive overreader. Thank you, Georgia, for inviting me to be of service. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Yeah, so my uh, context uh, this morning, I'll just uh, do a little brief scan. Yeah, it's uh, at the Huntington Library and Gardens. That's why I'm bundled up. And uh, beautiful to be around nature and in nature. Uh, it's kind of a, uh, an amazing uh, morning for me. Uh, so I have this opportunity to be of service in OA. And then at nine o'clock, I have a orientation meeting at the Huntington Gardens for new volunteers. And I got accepted to volunteer at the Bunzai Gardens. Uh, and Huntington has a beautiful Bunzai collection. And uh, that'll go till 10. And then from 10 to one, is a three-hour practicum that I participate in. I've been participating since January. And it's a practicum on about 600 and some odd folks who gather together to explore one year to live. So this idea of how would we live our lives if we had one year to live? And uh, of course, because it's December and it's the last month, I, I, I have about 30 days according to this experience we're having. And um, of course, it's a um, holy ground to be exploring the subject of dying, which is quite a sobering consciousness-raising conversation. So that'll go from 10 to one. And uh, my point is that one of the things that happens with this idea of today's reading, child's mind, another way to think about it is beginner's mind. Or as the big book points to, it's open-mindedness. In, in my worldview, they're all the same. They're pointing to the same idea, is to begin again, to be reborn, to, to 
access the individualized journey that we're each on. And of course, this individualized journey is commented on in the big book in the appendix in William James's religious experiences of the educational variety that once we find that abstinence and sobriety and come into the 12 steps, to come into the consciousness of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions and the 12 concepts, that we are given individual lesson plans that guide us towards our highest good, or as my sponsor would say, to be useful, to be useful and usable, to be useful and usable. And um, the challenge is that the nature of the disease compulsive reading, bulimia, anorexia is walls off, cages us, imprisons us in a very claustrophobic world. And so it's hard to access the teachings of these individualized lesson plans because the nature of the disease for me was always to say no to life, was always to sit on the couch, blinds pulled, and isolated, isolating, and uh, only wanting to binge. And of course, I lived in the fantasy of my mind that one day I'll be able to do this and that and this, whatever this and that's. But I lived the world of fantasy because that's the nature of the disease. And what happens as a result of the consciousness of the 12 steps and the meetings and the readings and the sponsorship and the tools and the slogans and the call to be of service is that uh, the world begins to open up slowly, gently, but it does begin to open up. And one of the things that reveals itself very quickly is this idea of longing, longing, longing to be more kind, more useful, more alive, more available, more willing uh, more forgiving 
And um, that longing, one way to think about it, I have uh, one of the beautiful gardeners of the Huntington keeping the space clean. And I noticed that he's being very gentle and kind because rather than blowing at a high speed, he noticed me sitting here and gently doing his job, but conscious of my presence. And that's another gift is we get to see goodness. We get to see kindness reveal itself all day long if we're paying attention. One of, one of the dangerous um, effects of the disease is that we can become very um, suspicious of the world and uh, and not only that a distrusting of the world and so it's hard for us to see goodness we only amplify the worst and the worst case scenarios and uh, in this program we begin to have glimpses, if not on a permanent, as a permanent state, but just glimpses of kindness and goodness and trusting, trusting that people are doing good work the best they know how. And they, uh, yeah, so I wasn't not quite sure where I, where I was before I took that little uh, useful turn. But uh, the idea is that uh, the, the program opens up the aperture of our lives. Um, but it does require the third step. It does require the fourth, five, fifth, six, and seventh steps to get rid or to overcome the defects that create the claustrophobia of our lives uh, prevent us from having child's mind, uh, prevent us from um, connecting with the longing that's in our hearts, really in our soul. And uh, my sponsor used to refer to this longing which kept coming up for me in program as divine discontent that 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 god uses longing divine discontent as a way to grab our attention as a way to to guide us towards something bigger and larger and um and so in order to activate this divine discontent or longing and this connection to a higher power, my sponsor taught me uh, to say yes to life as much as possible, as often as possible. Of course, recognizing that sometimes no uh, is crucial and essential and necessary. But the disease 
had universalized my no so that everything I wanted to do or dreamed of or hoped for began with a no. So he taught me uh, that the soul wants to get out and experience life, get off the couch, he would say. And of course, first thing I realized was to say yes to life is impossible for a compulsive overeater without a higher power, that it's too frightening. It's too um, unpredictable. Too, it feels too dangerous. And so um, the hope gets squelched. I remember many, many, many years ago, my daughter was in her six, seven years old or so. She had a bird cage and there were a couple of birds in the cage. And she would uh, regularly open the bird cage door and uh, take the birds out, parrots, parakeets out, and put it on top of the cage. And, um, and invariably, uh, the birds, the, the parakeets would, using their beak and their, their uh, talons and et cetera, would flip their, themselves back inside the cage. And I kept watching this. I was in her uh, bedroom watching this scenario unfold. And I quickly uh, uh, was able to narrate the larger story in that experience that that uh, in many ways um, uh, this is how I used to live my life that I was in that cage and even when there was evidence that there's a world to explore I would quickly through the binging and the drinking flip myself back inside the cage, close the door and not come out. And of course, if my higher power was observing me as I was observing those parrots, parakeets, what I would want to tell the parakeets is that there's, a, there's an entire world out there that you can't imagine if you only took that first step, if you, if you, if you decided that it's possible to uh, explore the room first, to explore maybe a few inches away from the nest, uh, away from the cage, that there is indeed uh, a hallway downstairs, is an entire world outside. Uh, it's kind of what my higher power would be uh, offering me is, Ali, if you trust me, if you trust the program, if you trust the alchemy of time, and the magic of the third, seventh, and the eleventh step in combination, that you will have uh, uh, a journey exclusive to you. No one else is going to have that. Exclusive to you that uh, uh, will place you in a state of grace and awe. And... Um, of course, I wanted to offer that to those paracretes, but knowing that it was impossible, right? There's no willingness. There is no 
open-mindedness as the big book or child's mind. There's no sense of trust that the universe is beautiful. And that saying yes to it is the journey of being in this program. And, um, and of course, this longing I have seen activated in people who get sober and abstinent. It is not uncommon for people to come into 12-step programs and before too long find themselves in careers they had never imagined, going back to school, getting degrees, um, finding more ways to uh, do good. And uh, uh, my longing and my... uh, and the invitation from my sponsor to say yes to life, um, you know, my, my uh, just to qualify, I, I was 285 pounds. That was my high weight, 285. And and you know the story of someone who is a compulsive reader. Uh, uh, so I don't need to uh, recount that. But so I have a, a weight loss of 100. 35, I think it's now 45 pounds, 145 pound weight loss. Um, but there was no way that uh, I would have been able to to uh, be in this space of grace. Um, you know, so in this program, through the 12 steps, through the meetings, through you, through the sponsor, um, this longing allowed me to get a master's degree and then a doctorate uh, and to reach the uh, highest levels of my own journey in my career. And uh, I remember uh, after I retired I was hiking in the mountains, um, and uh, and uh, this divine discontent showed up again. Uh, and my sponsor taught me that one of the uh, realities of of uh, the way divine discontent works is that it always shows up. There is no moment of arrival. It's always in a state of arriving. And in this arriving, we uh, find the strangers that are still within us. In other words, at every given point in the journey, I'm always being introduced to the stranger within me. And it's a beautiful introduction. You know, I, I almost flunked out of high school. I, I, I dropped out of community college in New York three months after I started. I was in remedial reading, remedial math, remedial English. Um, in those days, they would put you in remedial, you know, at a drop of a hat. And uh, a stranger, you know, to meet the doctor within me who at the age of 18, 19 uh, was driving a taxi in New York as uh, without any idea of uh, desired and hopeful future. 
is pretty remarkable. Uh, so I remember being in the hills and this, I had retired uh, as a as a college vice president and uh, and uh, with a doctorate and uh, completed coursework in his second doctorate. Uh, uh, who knew that this per this person who flunked out loved learning? I I had no idea. I think it was a huge surprise, but. Um, I was in that divine discontent. What's next, God? How do you want me to be useful and usable? And uh, I remember um, speaking to my higher power as I walked uh, and hiked in the. I said, uh, I'm ready, my Lord. I'm ready. Whatever the next adventure is, I'm ready, my Lord. And... Uh, it wasn't... I, I also retired as a college, uh, as a, as a, Five as minutes, a thank you. I heard that. I also retired as a, as a, uh, professor of management, uh, in this college of business. But, um, what happened was not too long after I prayed, uh, I'm ready, my Lord. Um, I got introduced to, uh, UCLA's Mindfulness Awareness Research Center. Mm -hmm. I'm not promoting UCLA's mindfulness, just my journey there. And, uh, and I said, wouldn't it be interesting? You notice the beginnings, beginner's mind and, and trying to find ways to allow my higher power to connect me to my own longing without knowing what it would look like if I stepped out of that cage and into the larger world again. And uh, so wouldn't it be interesting to explore um, this research center? What is it? And next thing I know, I was taking a six-week course in mindfulness meditation and next thing I know, I'm doing a one-year course mm -hmm. in mindfulness meditation. Uh, and the next thing I know, I'm in a training program, a one-year training program, mm -hmm. to teach me, to teach others how to meditate. And the next thing I know, I'm teaching mindfulness at UCLA's Mindfulness Awareness Research Center, teaching six-week courses, four-week courses, teaching for them at uh, the Hammer Museum. Uh, when I said, I'm ready, my Lord, and it was in 2013, there is no way that man in 2013 knew what would evolve as he walked out of that cage saying, yes, Many yeses. It's always many yeses. Yes, I'll answer that phone call. Yes, I'll fill out that application. Yes, I'll I'll say yes even when I'm scared. Just last week, I finished a four-week course on one of course that I developed and teach, which I also taught at at uh, 
the uh, Getty Museum to K through 12 teachers is the love of nature to regulate ourselves, to bring higher power into our lives through the alchemy of nature. I just finished teaching a four-week course titled Nature and Nurture at UCLA's Mindfulness Awareness Research Center. Um, I said yes to teaching the course even though I was scared. And that's one of the incredible gifts of this program is to say yes even when I'm scared. Like to say yes to hiking to Machu Picchu in the Andes four days, 13,200 feet. To say yes to hiking uh, the Camino de Santiago in northern Spain from Saria to Compostela. To say yes to hiking uh, Half Dome in Yosemite. To hiking uh, Mount Whitney, the highest peak in the contiguous United States. Um, One minute. To show up for life. Thank you. So, yeah, and that's what I'm doing today. It's just showing up for my commitments. You know, you taught me that. Show up, yeah, dress up, pray up, show up. Dress up, pray up, show up. Yes to life. And maybe that's a good way to close is, is that child's mind, beginner's mind, begins with saying yes to life. Thank you for allowing me to share. Grateful for you.